Hi, you're listening to the Dreamer in the Details podcast with me, Dylan Ferlano. I'm an entrepreneur, photographer, and your biggest cheerleader along this journey. I'll be here with some of my favorite bloggers, influencers, business owners, and more to help you dream bigger and get all of the details on how to make those dreams come true. Think of this as your personal invitation to our group chat. We're so excited to have you. So today on the podcast, we have Megan. Megan is a bookstagrammer over at Books and Blazers, and she has all the book recs and some music recs too, to make sure that you are going into pride, ready to celebrate and ready to read and listen to all the best content. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Megan. So today on the podcast, we have Megan. Hi, Megan. Thank you so much for coming on. Hi, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So Megan is a bookstagrammer. Um, her handle is Books and Blazers, and she is just always giving us the best book recommendations, book content. I have no idea how she reads so many books or organizes so many books. So we're going to talk all about that. But first, Megan, can you walk us through how you started your Instagram account and also what your day job is too? Because I know it also involves books. Yeah, yeah. Both uh, both my Instagram and my day job are just nothing but books. Um, so my day job is I'm a social media manager at Random House, uh, which is a division of Penguin Random House, which is one of the biggest publishers um, in the country, which is pretty cool. So I feel very glamorous saying getting to say that. Um, and then as far as my Instagram goes, um, it sort of is all wrapped up with the day job. I was trying to uh, break into the publishing industry. I was trying to, you know, make friends and get my name out there and try and like see where I could fit myself into the industry um, when I first moved to New York. And I was told by other people in the industry, like this bookstagram thing is really taking off. Like you should market yourself and and sort of create like a, a bookish Instagram to show like what you read and give people an idea of, of what they might want to hire you for. Um, and I kind of thought it sounded a little insane. I was like, I don't really know what that's going to do. Like I have a resume that shows what I read and how I would fit into their company and everything. Um, but I did it just to, just to see what, how, how it would go. Um, and I sort of stumbled across this amazing bookstagram community that I've now been a part of for, I think seven years now it's been, um, long, long time. And it's just like this great, you know, corner of the internet where everyone just talks about books all the time. Um, so it's, it's sort of a, sort of a planned, sort of an accidental stumbling upon this community um, where I just basically get to talk about books all day at my day job. And then, you know, on my personal time as well via bookstagram. So it's, it's taken off from, from where it was when I first started it. Um, I was sort of known for my blazers in a couple of my other day jobs and office, you know, sort of corporate settings. Um, so I decided to combine the two things that I was really well known for amongst my like personal friends, books and blazers. Um, and it sort of started out as like, uh, I'm going to pair a book with a blazer and that's the whole thing. Um, but it's evolved from there. And as I've grown into my queerness a lot more in the last like seven or eight years or so, it's become a very like queer space and a very um, sort of exciting queer book community. So like another corner of another corner of the internet, basically, uh, queer books specifically. Um, and it's just been such an amazing and affirming place to be spending all of my time that I'm I'm really happy that I get to be a part of it and still am after all these years. Like it's still here, it's not going anywhere. And I'm thrilled by that. <laughs> I can't believe you've been doing this for seven years. I feel like seven years 
is an internet time is like dog years, right? Like how, <laughs> how long of a time that is, are there any, any changes you've seen or anything that's really come a long way since you started? I mean, Instagram was so different seven years ago. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's sort of like where my work brain comes in too. you know, like the, the changing platforms is a constant, um, is, is a constant, like the, <laughs> the, the platforms are always changing and evolving and growing. And, um, part of my day job is to sort of stay on top of those. So it's fascinating to see it come through on my personal side, um, and then sort of apply it, you know, professionally as well. It's, it's sort of fascinating to be on both sides of that. I think the biggest change that I've seen overall in bookstagram is like the rise of, you know, like capital I influencers, um, which is also a huge part of my day job is sort of managing our influencer strategy as well. Um, because, you know, seven years ago, everyone was just posting to post and it was like, you know, so-and-so picking up their kids after school and they're reading in the um, like kid, the elementary school pickup line. Here's what I read in the car this week. Like that was the kind of content that was being put out. Um, and that content still exists and is still very important. And I still follow people that, you know, are sharing stuff like that. And it, it's wonderful to still see that that's around, but there's also the rise of like people who have just sort of had meteor follower, you know, explosions, um, where they get reached out to by companies like the company that I work for to send them free books before they're released or to send them product that they think would really, you know, resonate with bookish readers and, and their followers. Um, so seeing the sort of commodification of that has been fascinating and I've dabbled in it a little bit, but bookstagram always will be for me. And I think for the majority of people who are participating in it, it'll always just be like a fun community to talk about books and to share information and, and support for me anyway, support uh, queer authors specifically, but marginalized voices in the industry overall, since I know that they get, they get less, you know, support um, across the board than like the sort of established white male writers that have been around for decades. Um, so that's sort of the, the focus that I always end up on. Um, and I think as far as like content goes, obviously the the rise of TikTok and videos and everything has been a huge change for Bookstagram and for Instagram and and for all social media. Like the the focus on short form video content is fascinating to see. Um, and what I love most about Bookstagram is that I feel like no matter what gets thrown at us content wise, um, like expectations for content, um, they find a way. We find a way to twist it and make it our own, like nerdy bookish way you know so there's these crazy trends that are going around where people are dancing around on TikTok, and a bookstagrammer will do that exact same thing in an instagram reel with a stack of books in each hand and like it still follows the trend but it's very much catered to this very specific side of the internet um, where we're all very comfy just like having books around us all the time so that's sort of i think my favorite part about things changing and everyone's still coming back to just like it is still just about the books it is still just about the fact that you're covered in books constantly like that is a universal feeling we can all relate to you know <laughs> truly i feel like i just imagine um like the soda displays at um the grocery store except they're like just like thrones of books and like you yeah. guys are just all <laughs> surrounded by all of these books um, speaking of changes so i followed you way back when when you were still really focused on the blazer content and it was the book and the blazer and i feel like not even really your face showing all that much mm -hmm. generally it was like your very long hair which <laughs> is beautiful and matches your sisters shout out to brooke <laughs> gotta get brooke in here somewhere yeah <laughs> um but your content now is so much more you talking to the camera um you know I would say it's more personal than mm -hmm. it was potentially back then. And I was wondering if you could talk me through that change and also how you think about what you do share and what you don't share. Oh my God. I love that question. Um, 
yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of a running joke with people who have followed me for the majority of the time that I've been on this platform. You know, I remember back in the day when I didn't see your face and I never knew who you were. And it was very like book focused and blazer focused. Um, and truly that change happened purely accidentally um, during COVID. Um, it was sort of a previous to lockdown and, and working from home. Um, so I'm I'm fully remote now. Uh, I have a very flexible work schedule where I can go into the office if I want to, but I'm, I prefer to stay home. Um, so I'm almost never putting blazers on and getting on the subway and going down to Midtown um, in New York to go to the office anymore. But before March, 2020, it was sort of like, okay, like here's the outfit that I'm planning on wearing this morning. I'm getting enough, you know, light in this one corner of my tiny Manhattan apartment. I'm going to shoot this photo really quickly before I have my makeup on or before my hair is really done. It's just like fresh out of the shower and like kind of still curly and long and weird looking. So I'm going to shoot this photo really quick. My face isn't in it. And then I'll just go on because I just want to talk about the book. Um, and then as lockdown started and I just had so much time on my hands and so much less blazer content, I sort of had to take a step back and figure out what I wanted to share and how I wanted to share it because me and my yoga pants every day was not quite hitting the same. Um, and there was truly, I can like pinpoint the one um, photo that I remember. I, it was like the summer of 2020. I had just moved into a new apartment. And so I was trying to figure out like where in that apartment I was going to be shooting my like blank white wall with like me and the blazer and the book and no face was sort of my vibe. Um, and I was trying to take a photo with a self timer that I hadn't really used before, um, like this tripod setup that I hadn't really used before. And I was trying to take one where the book was covering my face, um, which was again, like very in line with what my content had been previously. And I just, I legitimately just messed up the timer. Like I was supposed to be counting down in my head and I just didn't. And I moved the book just in time that it caught my face looking rather confused, but the way that it ended up looking, the photo kind of looked cool with like the light hitting it. So I was like, this is not my normal content, but maybe people will like it. I don't know. And it ended up being like a huge deal. Everyone was so excited to see my face and were so like intrigued by like me missing, like messing up the self timer. And like, it just ended up being a fun joke that everyone seemed to really be in on. So I was like, huh, maybe what, like what would happen if I do post more of my face? And then it became even more of a like personal creative outlet for me as lockdown continued, right? Like I wasn't really seeing anybody except my roommate at the time and our two cats, like, it became a place for me to express a little bit more of the like social extrovert nature that I naturally have, um, that I was lacking, not having, you know, a larger IRL social sort of presence um, because we were all quarantining. So it, it became like an extra arm essentially to my like, my mental health and my like extrovertness, you know? Um, but it did kind of quickly get away from me. There was a lot of like feelings that I was putting out there that it became like sort of a, you know, way to process everything that was happening in the world and and um it became a place where it felt like there was a lot of discussion but it also felt like i was sharing potentially slightly too much um and and getting vulnerable in my captions is not something that i'm you know shying away from but it certainly took a minute to regulate that like i needed to be a little bit less my entire life um and a little bit more you know focused back on the books and it's about me and the books not just me um, but it is interesting to see even nowadays, if I post a photo that doesn't have my face in it or doesn't have like my spark of personality really in it, it's just kind of like the book and like a very generic book review or caption. It just doesn't do as well. Like people are genuinely motivated by personality, um, which is fascinating to experiment with, you know? Um, and then the other element of it is uh, I started dating someone in early 2021 who is very off the grid. Like they do not want to be on social media at all. Um, they're 
very, you know, private person. They don't like all their their life being aired out for the general public. And so that was another way, a moment for me where I was like, you know, I need to take a step back and figure out what I do want to share and what does feel important enough to to share with these people that do feel really important to me in this community, but also are people floating around in the internet. You know, there's like 8,000 people that follow me and not every single one of them needs to see what the inside of my like bathroom looks like, you know? <laughs> so um, dating them for the last two years has definitely brought more privacy back into my life, which I've been really enjoying. Like, like pretty much everything we do is just offline and it's kind of nice to have that built into my daily life, you know? Um, and there are certain things that obviously I like will overshare a little bit about when I'm feeling a certain type of way, but for the most part, it's, it's like a, it's a good balance. I think the last couple of years, I feel like you had my favorite, um, April fool's post this year <laughs> was the one, the, the reel you made where you were like, my partner has decided to like show up on bookstagram or whatever. And then it, it continued, right. The running gag is that it's actually just you mm -hmm. um, in a different outfit. And I remember seeing that and being like, no way that can't be real. And then I, April, it was great. I thought it was very funny. It was very cute. It was a great way to do April fools and a non, cause you know, April fools jokes on social media sometimes are not the best place to be, mm -hmm. but I thought it was very funny and very cute. And so I appreciated that. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Yeah. That was, uh, it became a running joke after we moved in together last summer that like, you know, every once in a while I'd put a backwards baseball cap on and be like my partner and, you know, very few people who are following me on bookstagram actually know what they look like. Um, so it's, it's sort of an inside joke, but also a way to get a little bit more of my personal life and like, you know, my partner online that they feel comfortable with and that I feel comfortable with. And, and the mystery definitely, uh, makes people excited. So they were, my partner was thrilled by the success of that reel. So I will make sure to pass along that you enjoyed it. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I feel like that is, you're right. Like the best way it's like, they have this era of mystique that they mm -hmm. then, but they still don't have to be on social media at all, but they still have that. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of kind of living spaces, moving in together, all that, I have to know, how do you keep all of those books that you have organized how do you live with that many books i just every time i see them i'm like where are they all? like how do you keep them all together <laughs> i i don't do a very good job of organizing them i will be real um when i wasn't living with a partner when i was living with like roommates or by myself um i tried to keep them organized by author's last name like i was very much in my like you know i'm browsing through a bookstore or i'm like at a library and here's how it's organized kind of a thing um and the more books that I acquired, the more that system sort of broke down. Um, and then moving in with my partner, uh, they proposed when we first moved in and I'm unpacking all these books. And I was like, okay, like we finally built a bookshelf. What am I gonna do? Um, and they sort of suggested trying out a rainbow organization system where it's like by the color of the spines of the books across the shelf, like sort of makes a rainbow. And I was like, I like that because I think it'll bring color and, you know, excitement to a room that at the time had nothing on the walls and was very, you know, like we just moved in, there were cardboard boxes everywhere. Um, so I started to try and do that and I have sort of kept that up, but not really. Um, so it's like half rainbow, half not at this point, but honestly, currently I am sitting in a room just full of random stacks everywhere because I just like have not been able to organize them. Um, so they are just truly encroaching from every sort of corner of this room. Um, but I will say that I have been a lot better about keeping them to just my office um, in this apartment with with my partner. Um, 
normally in all the other apartments that I've lived in in Manhattan, obviously they're very small and uh, they, the books just sort of spill out everywhere. So they were in the living room, they were, you know, on the nightstand, they were sort of everywhere. And um, in this, in this instance, it was very much like, I'm going to try my best to keep it to this one room. And so far I've done a really good job of that. So I am proud of that. Um, but it was one apartment, a few apartments ago, there have been many where it was really, really small. I was living by myself and one of my friends came over and I was like, I'm so sorry, you know, like there's books everywhere. It's such a mess. And she was just like, no, it's actually kind of charming that like every single surface in your apartment is covered in books. It's almost like there isn't anywhere, like there isn't any room for more. And yet somehow there are constantly more being added. Um, and she was like, I don't know, it gives like a certain like you're just surrounded all the all the time by things that you love charm to it. Um, and I thought that was really cute. So I'm trying to like hold that into my brain where I'm like, yes, it's a mess and there are stacks everywhere, but someone somewhere might think it's charming. So I'm going to hold on to that. <laughs> that is really charming. Oh, I love that view. I also like to think that the inside of my head is just like stacks of books everywhere. So like, mm -hmm. it's just my external living, like my internal you know what I mean? <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I do make that joke sometimes when my office is just like a total mess and there's just crap everywhere. I'm like, this is what the inside of my brain looks like right now. Like that's just the the physical manifestation of where my headspace is at in this current moment. I guess we didn't do a very good job of explaining what type of books you do most of your books to gramming about. Do you feel like there's like a lane that you kind of have or a type of book before we before we move into some of the more like book rec? content here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think what I tend to end up in is like, you know, sort of generally if it's gay, gimme, um, which is very general, but I tend to gravitate more towards um, like queer fiction for the most part. I'm not a huge nonfiction reader, but when I do read one, I get very like committed and focused on it. So it's not as constant as fiction is throughout my year but there are definitely certain times where i'm like this is the time where i'm sitting down and like learning a whole new thing and there's this 300 page you know nonfiction book that i'm focused on um and then within that i feel like i really gravitate towards for the most part young adult novels um so ya is what we call them um queer ya books scratch an itch that i didn't know i had if that makes sense um i didn't come out until i was in college uh, like fully 18, 19 years old. And it never really occurred to me that there were like queer books for young people before that, because it just wasn't like on my radar at all. Um, and so especially in the last 10 years or so, the industry has just exploded with queer YA. Um, and it's it's just like a massive multi-million dollar, you know, part of this industry. And seeing the fact that there are so many options for queer kids nowadays that sort of like represent their experience or open their eyes to something new um, is so heartwarming and so amazing. And so I always try to support as many of those authors and as many of those voices as I can, but it also is so healing and comforting to read about teenagers going through, you know, things that are directly related to their queerness. Um, even if it is just a, they're a normal teenager, they just happen to be queer and like something happens that's pretty mundane, but you can create a story out of it. You know, like even that feels, still feels groundbreaking to me because I was not in that headspace at that age. Um, so it is kind of, you know, weird when I sit back and think like I am fully a 30 year old woman, like reading about teenagers, it is kind of weird, but it really does feel like I'm like reliving a childhood that I didn't have, if that makes sense. Um, 
and it, it wasn't like, you know, there weren't books like this around when, when we were kids. Uh, Melinda Lowe is actually a really good example of that. She um, has been writing queer books for young adults for decades now. I think her first one came out in like 2008. And like, for all I know, that book was on my, you know, middle school shelf. I have no idea if it was or not. It wasn't on my radar, but um, there are like hundreds and hundreds of them now, if not thousands. So seeing the boom of that is amazing and supporting them and sort of getting to re- feel that vibe um you know 15 years later from when it was you know my actual target um or i was the actual target audience for it is is like weirdly like healing my inner child even though that's a very weird phrase that i don't love to use <laughs> but that feels accurate no i i totally get that and i feel like and i could be wrong i don't really have my my hand on the pulse of um the book industry the same way you do but i i do feel like yeah there's so many more options and also with bookstagram and just the internet in general i feel like there's it's a lot easier for folks to find those books and then to find more books that are like them as opposed to just finding one on the shelf you know then how do you find the next type of the same book whereas you could go on instagram and search hashtags that i'm sure you could tell me what they are and you could find hundreds of books and book recommendations and also find people who are a little bit older than you or people who are your age that you can connect with about these things too. So it's like, there's this whole community that has formed, not just so many more queer books, but this whole community in general too. Mm -hmm. So I think yeah. that's so great. Yeah. I was actually going to ask you about um, if you felt like there had been any changes with um, queer books over the past 10 years since you started your Instagram account, but you, you beat me to it. <laughs> Yeah, all, all positive changes for the most part, you know? Yeah, oh, for sure. Um, so can you give us actually a few of your favorites, maybe from this year or like last year of some queer books, if people want to also kind of just get that like feel good YA sense back? Can you give some recommendations? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, I'm always here to give book recs. It's my entire, it's literally my entire life. Um, I think one of my favorite YA books, um, from last year is called Man O War. Um, so there's like an apostrophe after the O, um, by Corey McCarthy. And it's a YA book about a trans teenage swimmer, um, who's fascinated with marine biology and with the ocean, um, and with swimming and, and, you know, is an athlete and it's sort of their, gender and sexuality journey. And what I love the most about it is that they they started from a completely different place than where the character ends. So it, it is a little bit less of a, like you're dropped into this world where everyone understands pronouns and gender and sexuality being separate. And, you know, all of these different nuances that come with being entrenched in the queer community when you're sort of dropped into a book, um, especially a YA book that's written from a person who is so entrenched in that community and is writing about teenagers who are also very entrenched in that community, it can feel alienating if you are not entrenched in that community or aren't as you know involved or as knowledgeable. And so I think what I love about this one is that this book speaks to people who are on both sides of it because you get to see a journey that maybe you relate to or a journey that you um, you know really needed to hear or see. And there, it also speaks to people who don't necessarily know everything there is to know about the queer community and all of the you know letters underneath the acronym. Um, and it sort of gives you a, a good starting place to watch that really change and evolve and, and grow. Um, and that character is just, it's very 
it's a very heartfelt book and that character is very close to my heart. Um, so definitely that one, uh, that was one of my like all time favorites last year. Um, one of the ones that I've loved more recently actually is uh, Friday I'm in Love by Cameron Garrett. Um, and that one is like, instead of throwing a like sweet 16, this this character wants to throw like a coming out party in of that same sort of caliber. Uh, and I think the the joy that goes along with it. I mean, the cover, if, if you're able to look up the cover, I highly recommend it. It's just like full of rainbow joy, queer joy. Um, and just the idea of celebrating something like that. It was just so, it was still groundbreaking to me in this year, 2023 to like, you know, not have a, a bat mitzvah or a quinceanera, but like a coming out party, a, a sweet 16, but it's like a, you know, pre presentation to the rest of your world that, you're here and you're queer and you're happy about it and we're celebrating that as opposed to you know being ashamed of it or anything or anything like that and the book isn't fully about joy there is a little bit of that like nervousness and shame and you know mother-daughter relationships that get a little complicated but overall it is about like celebrating your queerness and living your truth and just being you know as happy and and fulfilled as you can be um and it was just oh my god it's just so fun i'm like like hope you can hear the smile on my face as i'm talking about this <laughs> Um, I think those are probably like the two big ones that I would recommend off the top of my head. Um, the only other one I can think of at the right now is to go back to Melinda Lowe, um, who is a legend in queer young adult uh, fiction. She had one come out last year, or the year before that has won many awards. It's called Last Night at the Telegraph Club. And it's a historical fiction young adult um, about a girl who sort of discovers her queerness and queer community specifically, um, like drag clubs and, you know, queer spaces in general um, in San Francisco, um, you know, decades ago. This is uh, very specifically a Chinese American family. Um, there's amazing descriptions of food and the city and queer found family and just sort of hit all of my, you know, big big uh, bullets for for like the perfect book for me. Um, and Melinda Lowe has been such an inspiration for me just for many years. She, um, like I said, was one of the first people writing this kind of stuff. Um, her, Cinder her queer Cinderella retelling um, is called Ash. And that is the one that came out in like 2007, 2008, I think. Um, so it was one of the first to be doing, you know, what, what so many books are doing now. And so getting to see Melinda Lowe get her accolades for uh, Last Night at the Telegraph Club in the last couple of years has been so wonderful to see. She's been the most underrated queer YA writer, I think, of all time, um, and has been getting so much attention in the last couple of years, and I'm thrilled for her. So everyone should read Last Night at the Telegraph Club for sure. <laughs> I also remember, and I cannot remember the name of this book, and I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but there was one, and you were like, it's Trans Pirates. And I was like, oh my God, that sounds like the most incredible book. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is called uh, All Wicked Bargain, This Wicked Bargain, This Wicked Bargain. Um, Have you read it yet? I did. I just read it. The Wicked Bargain. That's what it is. I'm checking that. The Wicked Bargain by um, Gabe Cole Novoa. And it is literally trans Latinx pirates. Um, and it's amazing. And everyone should read it. I read it as part of the Trans Rights Readathon um, in March. It was one of the last ones I did. And I sat down and read the whole thing in like two sittings. It was amazing. 
Excellent. Because that's the one, for some reason, that one has stuck in my head, but it got lost in our, you know, mountains of DMs, right? And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah. and it was on a story. So then it was gone. Mm-hmm. And yes. Okay, great. So that's the one that's going to be mine. That's because yes. I heard you talk about that and was just thought that sounded like the most fun book to read. I mean, that's exactly the selling line that I saw in like a tweet that got my attention about it too. It was just like, like magic, trans, queer, pirates, all of these. I was like, I didn't know I needed this, but yes, give it to me right now. And it delivered for (laughs) sure. So highly recommend. Speaking of, I'm going to use your phrase, healing our inner child. We also Hmm. have to take a really quick turn and talk about our favorite, one of our favorite girls, Miss Taylor Swift, because I feel like (laughs) you and I share a love of T-Swift. And I just, I have to know, what are we listening to right now? I feel like you've been on, you know, I'm always seeing you hold up your, your vinyl albums, listening to a different one. And like, what era are we in right now? Oh, I mean, we're never not in our speak now era um, because that is my personal favorite. And I yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I cannot wait for Taylor's version. I need it yes. yesterday. Um, yeah, no, speak now always. Um, but I do, yes, I do have my vinyl collection. So I'm a huge, you know, a huge fan of that. So I, I will cycle through every once in a while. Um, I usually have to time that because my partner is very much not a Taylor Swift fan. So I sort of have to do that when I am home alone, um, which does happen pretty much every day because I do work from home and they do not. So um, I get my T-Swift time in, my personal time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I've rediscovered the joy of Lover, the album in the last couple of years um last year i would say i think i've rediscovered how much i love lover i feel like i i didn't give it the full appreciate appreciation that it deserved the first few times that i was sort of committing to listening to it um and then i am i am like um i am i am an evermore girly through and through love evermore obsessed with it um i did nothing but listen to both folklore and evermore when they first came out to the point where my family was like this again seriously and i was like yes yes exactly um because i was staying with my family at the time it was that point in 2020 where i was living with my parents again for a little bit and uh uh it was weird to be listening to her new albums in my like teenage bedroom looking at like the cd of fearless that has been in my like you know cd alarm clock for the last 20 years (laughs) Um, it was just wild to to have that all kind of come full circle. So T Swift has been there for me for a very long time. Um, but I'm if I had to like choose my albums, I'm definitely like a Speak Now, Reputation, Evermore, Girly through and through for sure. I love that. Also, I feel like the re-records are just giving me like where we're Taylor and I are nostalgic together. Like we're both looking <laughs> back on our teenage years now, as opposed to like me looking back, but fearless is still, you know, 16 year old Taylor. Now we're all older and wiser. Mm-hmm. And I love that you're always in your speak now era, because honestly, me too. I was singing <laughs> sparks, sparks fly earlier today. So like, yeah, always uh... in my speak now era. I'm also slowly getting into Fletcher and I feel like you are <gasps> always talking about her. So can you give people who maybe are like me and kind of know a couple of Fletcher songs like what are what are the bops what are the hits the top couple of songs that we should be listening to to like get us in get us in the fan club oh boy um wow now I have to narrow down Fletcher this is hard I'm so sorry this is gonna be this is might be the hardest question and then we'll uh, go easy seriously uh this one's this one's tough but yes um I feel like okay I mean she has gotten Fletcher has gotten a lot of um 
amazing attention in the last year or so with this most recent album. Um, I feel like she's one of those people that that went into lockdown doing really cool things, but not being seen for it and has come out of lockdown. Like, I mean, she's literally invited to Taylor Swift's parties, if that gives you an idea of like her level of fame at this point. Um, I think, <laughs> oh, okay. I think Strangers, the song and Undrunk are two from her earlier album that I would definitely recommend. Um, I think everything on her new album is absolutely, there are zero skips on that album. So you have to just start from the beginning and listen to it all the way through. Um, personally, I really love uh, Sucker Punch on that one. I was just listening to that one earlier. Um, that's like my, like, I'm going to put this on and like bop down to the, you know, coffee shop sort of vibe. Cause it has like a good beat to it. Um, but Oh, just everything Fletcher. I can't narrow it down because so many things have happened in my like years with Fletcher. She feels very similar to me. I feel like Taylor Swift has been there my whole life, right? Like we all have sort of grown up with her. Um, I'm only a few years younger than her. So a lot of what she's been going through in her life, like at large feels very similar to me. Um, and then with Fletcher, we are like essentially the same age. I think <laughs> like she might be like a year younger than me. Um, and so her stuff coming out a little bit later and and a lot of like, you know, queer and very strong feminist themes in her music early on was coming out around the same time that I was in college and having those same sort of feelings and experiences. Um, and then her like big breakup album came out, the first one, her like, EP, the first one uh, is very heavily, you know, a breakup album. And that one came out around the same time that I was having like a monumental breakup in my life. So like, I feel very beat for beat with Fletcher on like a whole other level of like adult life, queerness life. Um, so the two of them are, are always linked in my brain for very different reasons. Um, and they're both very important to me. So it's rude of you to ask me to narrow them down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I just want to make sure that everyone has all the content they need going into pride. They have the books, they have <laughs> the music, like they're all ready to go. And I just love now that yeah, Fletcher and Taylor Swift appear to be friends now. So like mm -hmm. your, your two faves are, are hanging out Ugh. with Haley Kyoko too. So like, it's, it's a party over there apparently it's crazy seeing the three of them together is like it blows my mind like how why you're all in the same room and the world didn't explode sounds fake right and then like kelsey ballerini is like hanging out right there oh. and i'm like kelsey how'd you get this invite girl what do you yes mean? how every time i see kelsey pop up on one of those i have that tiktok sound in my head that's like ariana what are you doing here <laughs> oh <my laughs> where did God, you come yes. from kelsey <laughs> yes kelsey how did you look so cool in that leather jacket what are you doing there yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, yeah, Megan, this has been such a great chat. Is there it anything is. else we haven't covered about books or bookstagram or anything you feel like the people need to know that I didn't ask you? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, this is uh, pride themed and very happy to have this be a, a way to kick off pride. Um, but I think the one thing that I'm constantly saying and that I think a lot of, you know, bookstagrammers in general are saying is, you know, read read queer all year long, like try and diversify your reading as much as possible across all, you know, different kinds of voices. Um, find a couple of authors that you really love and follow them forever, but also make sure you're trying new things and reading new experiences. Um, I think the my, one of my favorite phrases that people use when talking about reading is, you know, it can be 
a mirror, it can be a window. Um, and I think having a healthy balance of books that are mirrors and books that are windows is, is really important in just like having a healthy reading life and a healthy sort of understanding of the world around you and empathy for your fellow humans, you know? So as many mirrors as I have, even just reading about, you know, queer teens who got to have the queer prom that I never had or something like that. There's also the windows um, where I'm looking into other people's experiences and trying to understand what their, what their life is like. Um, and building empathy and building, you know, sort of uh, support and love in my heart genuinely for everyone else out there who has very vast, different, vastly different life experiences than I do. Um, so that's that's my my parting words. So everyone read as diversely as possible. Read queer all year. Um, if you need book racks, I got you. There is a never ending list of books that will fit exactly what you're looking for. I promise. Yes. Can you just reiterate um, your Instagram handle and wherever else anyone can find you that way they can get all of the book recs and all the cat content and the Taylor Swift <laughs> content all year long. Yes. Books, cats and Taylor Swift um, pretty much encapsulates it. So thank you for that. Yes. Um, I am uh, books and blazers on Instagram. It's books, the letter N blazers. Um, and that is where I am for the most part, uh, pretty much constantly, honestly. So please check it out if you're looking for any kind of book recs. I read all kinds of things, um, but especially for queer books. Um, and, you know, pride is a big moment for me. So there's a lot of fun stuff happening and I hope everyone is excited about it. Um, so yes, I hope I hope to see you in my, in my notifications soon, everyone who's listening to this. <laughs> yes, everybody go follow, go follow Megan for all the fun pride content. And thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for sharing with us making us laugh, giving us all the music recs. You've just been great and can't wait to keep following along. Of course. Thank you so much. This has been so fun. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Dreamer in the Details. We're so happy to have you with us. You can follow along with us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. And if you subscribe, you'll get all the new episodes sent directly to your feed. You can get in touch with me, at Dylan in the details on Instagram or Dylan in the details.com, which is my website. I'd love to hear your feedback and we hope to see you again next time. <laughs> <laughs>